Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 16 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us as we continue with Doctrine and Covenants 2 and Joseph Smith History 1 verses 27 to 65 located in the week of January the 11th to January the 17th in the Come Follow Me materials titled The Hearts of the Children Shall Turn to Their Fathers. And today we're going to move into the section in the manual, uh, which covers Joseph Smith history, uh, chapter 1, verses 34 to 65. The Book of Mormon contains the fullness of the everlasting gospel. There's a couple of sections that we're going to skip through today in the manual um, because their verses are within this section. Uh, But we're going to return back to those and we're going to work through this topically rather than um, chronologically through the verses. So. We were talking about how Moroni appears and talks and tells Joseph that he has a work to do. And we talked about what our work may be and how we can find our work out. And I really encourage everyone again to listen to the episode yesterday because I learned a lot from that studying that section uh, and have really had a great experience in doing this and feel really energized to keep trying to find this out. So uh, I encourage you to listen again to yesterday if you haven't done so. But in verse 34, we read that once he's told this, uh, Moroni says that there is a book deposited written upon gold plates, giving an account of the former, former inhabitants of this continent and the source from which they sprang. He also said that the fullness of the everlasting gospel was contained in it as in, as delivered by the Saviour to the ancient inhabitants. Now, just for a moment, consider yourself as if you're in Joseph Smith's position. Joseph is obviously a, he's clearly a lover of the Bible. Um, I mean, not only the fact that, you know, he was able to read the book, uh, read the Bible, get the revelation from it that he needed to ask God um, about, you know, which church he should join. But also, and we are, we need to recognize that the, the person writing this history is not 17 year old young Joseph. It is, you know, uh, mid to early to mid 30s prophet Joseph. <clears throat> so we need to remember that um, he will have had time to consider this. Uh, these revelations, these visitations from Moroni and been able to find them and record them down later on. But the fact that even at that young age, he was able to recognize words of scripture that Moroni quoted and um, all this stuff, it just shows that Joseph clearly loved the Bible. So to be told that there was another record that spoke about Jesus Christ and that it uh, would testify of these things about these ancient inhabitants I wonder what he felt at that time. I mean, most people, you know, a lot of people kind of hear that there's another Bible and question that. But I wonder if there was any questioning from Joseph or if he was curious or even excited uh, at this prospect of being able to find this record uh, and being able to have a role uh, in in translating it. Uh, We are going to skip past the next bit, verses 36 to 41, because it deals with a couple of things. Uh, which I want to talk about in more detail in later sessions, namely the ancient prophecies that are referred to uh, by Moroni and also specifically um, the Malachi um, turning hearts of the fathers to the children and so on. So we're going to move ahead to verse 42. So after Joseph has been taught a little bit by Moroni about the coming forth of these plates and how it's been prophesied and the important promises it will fulfill, which we'll learn about later, It says in verse 42, again, he told me that when I got those plates of which he had spoken, I should not show them to any person. 
while he was conversing with me about the plates, the vision was opened to my mind that I could see the place where the plates were deposited, and that so clearly and distinctly that I knew the place again when I visited it. So through some method, Joseph is shown where these plates are, specifically, physically, you know, where, where he needs to go. Uh, and we know that the hill that he went to, we, we now call Camorra, but of course, um, the, the hill didn't have a name at, at the time. It was just a hill uh, near his house. And um, what is interesting is that this hill was located very close to Joseph's home. Um, and I think that this is a one, there's a wonderful lesson in this. Um, the fact is, is that we can be searching for our work. We can be searching for what we've been called to do. And we may search in great far off places. We might search in grand designs. We might search in, you know, big things that, uh, or in maybe not even big things, but things that are, you know, harder to get to because that's the challenge that we're given, you know, in our calling. Our calling has to be difficult to find. But actually, are we sometimes looking a bit too for two things that are too complex or too far away? For young Joseph, that the place could have been many, many miles away. And imagine the stories we could have told if he had to travel for tens and hundreds of miles to find these plates and, and uncover them after a long, arduous journey. But actually, no, for Joseph, these plates were, were just next to his house, you know, in the hill next to his house. Now, of course, you know, we, we do talk of Joseph as having had to have gone through many trials, but this was not, in terms of actually getting to the plates, it wasn't a particularly hard task. The hard task came later when he was able to eventually, uh, well, he had to learn, obviously, for four years before he could take the plates. And we'll find about, we'll talk about that a bit later. But also um, just the intense opposition he received as well. Those were his challenges he had to go through. Uh, and I think that sometimes we need to think about what are the close places to us where we can be doing the Lord's work that we're missing because they're just so close. Think about in your home. Think about, um I mean, our ministering families are often, you know, the ones that are placed convenient to us because we're given that specific role to work with them. Do Have we spoken to them recently? Have we reached out and offered any support? You know, I think that that is something which we need to think about. Where are the close places we can offer help? Maybe we need to start there first before we go out and, and search for other places and things and work to do. Um, then we know in verses 45 to 46... I'm not going to read them um, in length because they're quite long. I mean, all these verses are quite long. But uh, we know that Moroni appears again um, twice more. So he does this three times in that night uh, and he relates the same things again twice. But he adds these couple of things. Um, he informs him of the great judgments which were coming upon the earth with great desolations by famine, sword and pestilence, and that these grievous judgments would come on the earth in this generation. Um, and then he came back again and added a caution saying that Satan would try and tempt him in consequence of the indignant circumstances of, my, of his father's family to get the plates for the purpose of getting rich. This he forbade me, saying that I must have no other object in view in getting the plates but to glorify God and must not be influenced by any other motive than that of building his kingdom. Otherwise, he could not get them. Um, two very important points. Um, and I think that, that obviously there is interesting that it's not it's interesting that Morale didn't return back and just say those points. He repeated everything he had said before as well, that there was these plates prophesied by these prophets identified where he could find them, and then added those bits on. 
Uh, and I think, oh, and of course, the, the, the important message, and we'll come to that later, about the turning the hearts of the fathers to the children. I think that um, this was done simply because, you know, the more you want to learn something, then the more you've got to have it repeated to you and try and learn it. Um, and let's not forget that, obviously, we have mentioned yesterday that Joseph had 22 instances, we think, that are recorded of meeting with Moroni. And so how many of the times did he repeat these things as well? This is why Joseph is able to write this. You know, we don't actually get a really clear detail on what the father and the son said to Joseph in his first vision. That's because that ha event happened once. And I'm sure whilst Joseph treasured the words that were said and probably could not repeat some of them, and he, but he had a general idea of what was said. He wasn't able to repeat it in such detail. Whereas with this, this is quite a bit more detail. But again, it makes sense. It was repeated to him actually four times, as we'll find out tomorrow, as we'll find out in his next day when he's working in the fields with his father. But also he's been taught by Moroni several other times, dozens of other times since then as well. Um, and so it's, it's interesting, you know, a lot of really understandable reasons why we have this record in this way. But as we know, Joseph wakes up very soon after because the, these experiences took the whole night. He goes out to work with his father and He's very tired. His his strength is gone. As we see with many other times, I mean, obviously he's not had much sleep, but also just the spiritual experiences he's had as well. And as we know, he goes to leave to go to the home and falls down over the fence and he sees Moroni again. And he repeats the same things again, but this time says to go and tell his father. He does this. Now, we don't have very much time left, but his father, as soon as he listens to the whole matter, he says that it was of God and to go and do as, as, the, as commanded by the messenger. Um, I love this because his father is doing this really hard work on the farm that every minute, every day is important on this farm. Uh, and his young son, you know, said, uh, well, I say young, he's now 17 years old. So actually, you know, he's getting to be an adult now. He's very exhausted. He's very tired. Clearly he has no strength. And his father says, right, we just go back to the house. And his father is basically now having to do this work without an extra pair of hands. Uh, and so it's going to cause a lot more difficulty for him and the family. But then his son comes back and says, actually, I've seen this angel and he rehearses all this stuff. And his father says, go and do it. This is of God. What an incredible response. I think we sometimes skip over this. Uh, we should really praise that because it would have meant a lot more work for the family to do his work that he was meant to be doing. But clearly his father did not take these things lightly, lightly. And I suppose, you know, we need to learn from that and think how many times do our children, particularly teenage children, come to us and say, you know, they, they feel this and they've really thought about this. And do we really listen to what they have to say? I think that's a really wonderful example from Joseph Smith Sr. Thank you for listening today. We'll continue with our experience of Joseph receiving the Book of Mormon uh, tomorrow. Thank you for joining on the Facebook group. Uh, please continue to share that and share your thoughts on what we've been studying and anything that you've been studying as well, whether it relate, relates to this or not. And please do uh, email ldsstudysession at, at gmail.com. That's ldsstudysession at gmail.com. I'd love to hear some feedback from listeners and see what you have to say. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.